When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of UAP Weekly. It is Stephen Diener here back with you for this edition of the Unidentified Alien Podcast Weekly Edition. I'm very happy to be back with you today to discuss something that I feel should be pointed out. And that is the question and the answers of what happened to David Grush. So we were going to look at that in a few different ways and even look back at uh, an interview from 1967 that quite frankly could pass for an interview that was done just last week, really, and that's not a good thing. And I'll, I'll explain uh, more about that a little bit later. But first, let's explore the most direct and basic question of today's episode. What happened to David Grush? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean like, you know, why is he hiding? By any means, that's not what I mean. But there was so much going on, and now it just died down. So maybe more aptly, the question is, where did he go? Well, let's first go back a few weeks and talk about the last time we saw him in the public eye. And that was, of course, during the congressional hearing with, uh, you know, Fravor and Ryan Graves and, you know, everybody that was there asking the questions. We had the big moments about him saying, you know, that uh, the U.S. government was in possession of these exotic materials and non-human biologics. And it was all over the news and it was a big deal. But that was the last time we saw him. It was what, about three or four weeks ago was that congressional hearing. Then not too long after that, the article comes out detailing his struggles with PTSD and mental health, which, of course, was just a sinister smear campaign to try and discredit him and make him look like a crazy person after going coming out in public in front of Congress and the world and, you know, coming out under oath to say all the things that he did in front of everybody in front of Congress so now after all the hype and pomp and circumstance, it seems as if he and the conversation have really entirely disappeared from the general consciousness at this point. So where does this leave us at the moment? All of this that's happening, where are we now? Well, I want to start with the representative from Tennessee. We all, I think, know him pretty well by now, Tim Burchett. Of course, he's been, you know, uh, out there in the forefront spearheading the efforts to bring this conversation towards some type of, you know, disclosure for the American public. And he isn't stopping, although there are those who are trying to make him stop, which we'll get into as well. Now, in a letter sent to the inspector general on August 21st, Burchett requested the following information, and they actually gave a deadline. So this is something that he sent out on, again, on August 21st. 
they wrote about how on July 26th, the House Oversight Committee had that hearing with David Grush and everybody else that was there, uh, Fravor and Graves, of course. And they he mentioned how, you know, Grush testified and he said that he would provide information to the intelligence community, uh, community and the inspector general's office about the things that he couldn't say in public. Now, since his testimony was under oath, Burchett requested answers to the following questions. And this is what he wrote in the letter to the inspector general of the intelligence community. He wrote, one, we'd like to know the intelligence community and members, the positions, facilities, military bases, or other actors that are involved with UAP crash retrieval programs directly or indirectly. And number two, which intelligence community members, positions, facilities, military bases, or other actors are involved with UAP reverse engineering programs directly or indirectly? Now, that's a pretty big deal by itself for a sitting congressional representative to write a letter like that to the inspector general to ask for information and details regarding reverse engineering programs and, you know, basically crashed materials of otherworldly origin. He's asking those questions. He wants the answers. And then this was very interesting. He wrote, please respond to these questions by September 15th, 2023. If the information requested in the questions above contains classified material, we request access to this information in a secure setting no later than September 26, 2023. Thank you for your attention to this matter. And he signed it a- along with the two Florida representatives who were flanking Timberchet in this effort, uh, Jared Moskowitz and Anna Paulina Luna, also signed the letter with Timberchet. So pretty interesting stuff there. Um, number one, again, asking those questions directly about, you know, retrieved crash materials and any reverse engineering technology or uh, programs that are going on. But also the thing that really struck me was the deadline that he gave. Now, I'm going to bring something up that's kind of controversial, and it refers back to um, a video that I put out that unintentionally went viral. I wasn't trying to go viral or anything. It's just I was given the information, and I was told that it was okay to put it out there, so I did. And you probably know what I'm talking about. It was the video where I spoke about the strike teams that were planning their, um, basically their attack on U.S. military black site uh, installations to go in and take out these installations and force upon, you know, some type of disclosure about the reverse engineering technology that they have out and the reverse engineering work that they were doing so that the public knows what is going on. And I did that whole video again, it unintentionally went viral. And in that video, I was told and I mentioned that the deadline that was given was mid-September, that these strike teams were going to go in mid-September and basically start their raids on these black site, you know, operations to get the technology that is being hidden. So I found it very interesting and intriguing, to say the least, that Representative Burchett, Tim Burchett, wrote in his letter to the Inspector General the same time frame of mid-September, mid to late September, that I was given and mentioned Way back when in that video that I put out, whenever that was now, I honestly don't even remember. Early July, I guess. Um, So, you know, you connect the dots there. Is there a connection there? 
I don't know. I mean, is it a coincidence? I find it hard to believe in coincidences these days when it comes to this subject. Um, so I guess, you know, you be the judge. Is, is, do those Was the information I was given relating to the deadline that Burchett is also giving to the inspector general? It's very interesting to think about, at least I think so. Now, this letter, I guess it was also signed by Jared Moskowitz and Anna Paulina Luna. And a few days after they sent this letter... Congressman Burchett did an interview with News Nation, and of course, News Nation was, you know, where uh, Ross Coldhart had the interview with David Grush originally, and he had this to say when he was asked about what he expects the response to be to the letter, the letter that they sent to the Inspector General. Here's what he had to say: uh, "This cover-up will continue, and I predict they're not going to let us have a select committee. They're going to go down the list and just shut this thing down. One, we got way too much publicity." Um, we called way too much attention to the war pimps at the Pentagon. Then um, it's just a complete cover up top to bottom, this thing. And they're just trying to run the clock out. It's just, it just continues. It's very frustrating, but they do it because they're allowed to do it. And because both sides of the aisle are compromised on this issue for whatever reason. There's a lot there, you know, both sides of the aisle being compromised. I think we can all agree on that. Um, and he says, for whatever reason, I think the reason is money. I think the reason is campaign funds from government contractors who work behind the scenes to make sure that their secrets stay hidden and they're able to buy these politicians and keep them in their pocket because they give millions of dollars to their campaign. But that's just my theory. And, you know, he mentioned a lot there. Burchett. I mean, there was there was a lot there about, you know, basically that the cover up is going to continue, um, which is I mean, it's a shame to hear some of this stuff because he sounded discouraged because I think he sees the writing on the wall and really. No surprises there. I mean, this is the kind of stuff. It was a shame. It's sad to hear that from him um, that he thinks it's kind of, you know, not going to go anywhere, this letter. And he thinks they're trying to run out the clock. I'm not sure what that means. Is he referring to the deadline date of mid-September? Maybe. Um, But I'm not sure what he's referring to when he says they're trying to, you know, run the clock out when it comes to uh, not responding to his letter and not revealing the information that he and Moskowitz and Luna are asking for. Um but when I say no surprises, it's just because this is what we've experienced for decades. And it is a shame. And you hope that it can change soon. But he went on to say that they can't even get Grush's clearance back in order to sit in a classified setting with him to gain more of the information that he said he would provide during that now famous congressional hearing. He said that they're trying to work on getting some type of subcommittee put together to get more things out in the open because he doesn't feel like they're going to be able to get into those skiffs. You remember when David Grush was sitting there testifying in front of Congress and specifically with uh, Representative Nancy Mays from South Carolina, their back and forth was very interesting. And he said he would provide locations of these black sites in a secure setting, in a skiff. But they haven't been able to do those things because they need to get Grush's clearance to be able to have these, these meetings with them. And they're being stonewalled. But he says that it's not from one particular person. Burchett says that this stonewalling is happening from every direction, especially from the Pentagon. Listen to what he had to say about that whole uh, subject here. You know, it's an agency that never has passed an audit. At one time, Department of Defense were told 60 percent of their assets are unaccounted for. I mean, if you and I had that, rather, we'd be in jail. We would be in jail if it was our business or our any other entity, but it's the Pentagon and they're allowed to do it. It's insane, man. 60 Imagine that. 60% of their budget is just like, yeah, we don't know what happened to it. I mean, it's just, 
it's hard to fathom that they're, I mean, of course, they're able to get away with it because it's, you know, Pentagon officials and secret government programs. So they're able to get away with it. But it shouldn't be that way, especially if it involves some type of technology that can help the human race to further itself and that that can help us, you know, have, you know, some type of clean energy or health care that would cure diseases. I mean, who knows? I don't know. It's just it's just unreal, man. Sixty percent of their budget is just like, yeah, we don't know. It's out there somewhere. It's pretty wild. I should say of, of their spending anyway. Um, it's, it's, it's frustrating. But all in all, it seems as if David Grush is kind of laying low for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, I'm sure having to do with the personal attacks that came you know, about his mental health, but also I'm sure the attacks and threats that he is receiving from behind the scenes as well after that congressional hearing. Let's face it, there were, remember, when Burchett was doing interviews before the hearing, he spoke about how they were going to have six witnesses. Then when we got to the hearing, we had three because there were three that dropped out because of threats that they were receiving. So who knows what type of threats that Fravor or Grush or Graves are receiving behind the scenes since that hearing. And when you have these stonewalling efforts from all angles... It's hard to get out in front of people and say what you want to say. It's, I mean, really, everything is against the guy and everybody who is pushing for disclosure, not just David Grush, but everybody involved is pushing for disclosure. It's, it's all against them right now. And for the reasons that we're talking about here, being you know stonewalled by DOD and Pentagon officials for any reason that's, you know, you may want to think of. And they can't even get the guy in a classified setting to answer the questions that he said he would answer. I mean, what does that tell you? They won't even allow that that session to take place. So there won't that means they won't allow Congress people to hear what he has to say. That's unbelievable to me. But further case in point to these efforts, uh, Representative Mike Turner from Ohio apparently got caught red-handed leading the way on these stonewalling efforts. According to the reports, he told Representative James Comer who is the head of the Congressional Oversight Committee, you know, that same committee that would be in charge of figuring out what secrets are being hidden and where all this phantom money is being spent by the DOD. He was told to basically drop the whole thing and to not allow another public hearing like the one that we saw with Fravor, Graves, and Grush. So what kind of secrets are they worried about being given away here? You know, and what type of, well... I'll ask those questions in a second. I want to play this first because I thought this clip from Ross Coldhart was pretty interesting. Um, I'm going to play it for you now. Again, Ross Coldhart, you know, journalist, does a really good job covering this issue. He had, of course, the exclusive interview interview with David Grush that started this whole thing. Um, and this this statement here really kind of drives home the point of what kind of tactics they are trying to use to stop this conversation from taking place in the public eye. What we saw in front of Congress, they never want us to see again. Let's make that perfectly clear. They don't want that to ever happen again. They didn't want it to happen in the first place, but they definitely don't want it to happen ever again. So he said this on the uh, Need to Know podcast from August 19th. Listen here to what uh, Ross Coldhart had to say about Mike Turner and all these things going on. Even if that subcommittee does hold further hearings, will the witnesses be allowed to testify 
in circumstances and under terms and conditions that allow them to explain what they know. This is the next big issue because, frankly, the pushback is more happening behind the scenes. I'm talking to people in the Congress who are telling me that the lobbying from the Pentagon and the intelligence community is intense. It's being made very, very clear by very powerful members of the intelligence community, if you like, the the gatekeepers to a lot of this information, that they do not want public hearings. And if the comments attributed to Congressman Turner are correct, he's actually acknowledged apparently, that this could be embarrassing to the Defense Department if this information was released. So a lot of takeaways there. Number one, let me go back at the beginning and then we'll get back to the end here talking about embarrassing for the DOD. Um, The next big issue, like, you know, Ross Colhart said there, who would be allowed to testify? What would they be allowed to say if they do have this subcommittee hearing? That is an issue. And will they even allow it to happen because of the intimidation that he spoke about that we've been talking about here on the show today that is taking place behind the scenes? It's really nefarious and despicable stuff if you think about it. I mean, the intimidation, they are intimidating Congress people, they are intimidating senators, they are intimidating real witnesses, credible witnesses, veterans, okay, military veterans. These are the people that are being intimidated away from testifying in these hearings. And it's, it's just awful stuff when you think about it and what's happening behind the scenes, behind closed doors, not being reported on the news that people aren't paying attention to, where these, these things are being covered up. Every single day they're being covered up. So you have to ask yourself the question, what secrets are they trying to keep hidden and why? Does it come down to power, technology, all those different things, money, and what, who would have to answer for their actions? Would that be the case? Are they afraid of having to answer for their actions of secrecy and hiding these things from the American public for decades? What would be the domino effect of that type of stuff? I mean, and this further illustrates why we haven't heard from Grush since the hearings with all this intimidation taking place behind the scenes. They're talking about, well, it would be embarrassing. Representative Mike Turner said that to Comer reportedly, that it would be embarrassing to have embarrassing for the DOD to have more of these open hearings. What's embarrassing about it? Because your secrets are being laid out in the public and you have to answer for them? It's just really wild, dirty stuff. It's 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 distressing, I'm not going to lie. But after all that, I wanted to mention one more thing that relates to this conversation in a way that I found to be really striking. Um, I understand that this has been kind of a frustrating topic today, talking about you know these cover-ups and maybe taking some steps backwards and where we thought we were going just a, you know, a month or two ago. But I felt it needed to have a light shined on it today, especially when you hear this interview from 1967. This was something that I alluded to at the beginning of the show, and it's a clip from an interview with uh, an atmospheric physics professor who uh, worked at the University of Arizona. He went by the name Dr. James McDonald. And again, this was in 1967. Okay, it's worth repeating just 20 years after Roswell and almost 60 years ago from today, he was trying to push the conversation then about taking UFOs and those who have reported them seriously in a more serious manner. And basically in a way, quite frankly, that we are still trying to do today to have people take this seriously, but running into the issues that we've spoken about today where 
Mike Turner is telling Comer, don't talk about these things in a public setting where, you know, they're not letting David Grush have uh, testify with, with Congress people in a secure location. All these different things, all these different stonewalling efforts that are still being pushed today, you're going to hear about back from Dr. James McDonald in 1967. So this is about a minute and a half here, uh, this clip, but trust me, it's really worth it because, again, it's 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 striking when you hear how he, what he has to say and how it relates to today. So go ahead and uh, we'll take a listen here. In the midst of much professional disbelief, he is a respected scientist who feels the time has come to take a good hard look at the evidence, especially now with the United States experiencing the biggest rash of sightings since the first UFOs were seen back in 1947. As a scientist, I regard it uh, uh, as extremely urgent because here is a really unusual problem that is uh, going unattended by the scientific community throughout the world. Apparently, the situation is no different in England, uh, Russia. I've been in Australia recently, and I think it's uh, scientifically uh, well, almost scandalous that we're ignoring uh, this long-standing problem in the way that we in the scientific community have ignored it. Um, well, now, what is the uh, attitude of science towards uh, UFOs? I mean, uh, is it beginning to change, or is it still mostly yeah. skeptical? Oh, it's, it's beginning to change, but it is still largely skeptical, and it's, it's quite understandable. They have been assured that the problem has been looked at by official agencies, and it is a problem in which the type of data is less than ideal, to, to understate it. It's largely reports, subjective reports of uh, witnesses. But, and this is a point I would emphasize after a year and a half study of the problem, when you go to the witnesses in many of these cases, when you sort through, there are so many uh, examples of highly credible witnesses, uh, completely stable people of excellent reputation when you check around a bit, who have seen utterly unconventional objects maneuvering at low or sometimes high altitude, that uh, uh, to regard this as anything but a problem of uh, considerable scientific importance, I think will be to miss uh, something that uh, we've already missed far too long, 20 years. It's incredible. Just, yeah, far too long, 20 years. How about try 60 years now? I mean, you hear the things he said that is so relatable to today. He's naming the measurables that these witnesses are talking about. You know, upper Earth's atmosphere, lower atmosphere, seeing these craft that they can't explain. Agencies stonewalling their their efforts in bringing out this conversation. Issues around the world being ignored. I mean, that one really struck a chord with me because... How many times have we spoken about, you know, sightings and encounters throughout the world, whether it was Russia, whether it was England or Australia or any of these other countries that he spoke about or that we've spoken about in the past. These are things that have been happening for decades going back, of course, not only to, you know, the 40s, but in the 50s and the 60s during Project Blue Book time. And you hear Dr. James McDonald there, like they said at the beginning, the, the interviewer, who did that piece, referred to him as a well-respected scientist. That's what he was. This wasn't some, you know, crackpot who was trying to get clicks and views. This wasn't like today, okay? He wasn't on YouTube trying to uh, build his, his you know, uh, followers. This was a guy that in the 60s would have a lot to lose by coming out and saying and the things that he was saying and talking about the things that he was talking about there. It's really, again, just... I keep using the word striking, but I couldn't help but to notice all the similarities when he's talking about then to what we experience now. And again, the question becomes, what are they trying to hide? What is it that has been, you know, made this the biggest secret in the world, really, over the past 80 years or so since Roswell?
Is it government contracts? Are you talking about, you know, uh, just just flat out money and power when it comes to, you know, the first to have this technology controls the world type thing, you know, with defense contracts and just having the technology to flaunt around and say, hey, you do anything wrong, you get out of line, then guess what we have? I mean, does it come down to just being the first to gain this, these type of technology for weapons? Does it come down to free energy that they don't want to reveal the fact that they have enough technology out there hidden for their own use to basically give the entire world free energy? Think about what that would do to the structure of, you know, the the world economy when it comes to, to oil and fossil fuels and all these things that, you know, the, the rich and powerful make billions and billions of dollars off of. You think they're just going to let go of that so easily? You know, this may not just be a thing that is, is being decided at these black sites. You might have the rich and powerful who are also telling these, you know, government contractors or these big companies to keep these things a secret because it will ruin their way of life. Maybe it's all of the above. You know, we bring up a lot of different points here about why these things would stay hidden for so long. It could be government contracts. It could be money. It could be power, technology, free energy. It could be a little bit of everything. And then he also mentioned the witnesses who are credible. Again, in 1967, stable and credible witnesses he mentioned. That makes me think of David Grush and a lot of the other guys that we've heard from. Quite frankly, that gave me chills the first time I heard that piece there because it was just like, wow, this is really relatable right now. And when you talk about, you know, these witnesses who are credible and stable like Rush, here's a statement from retired Army Colonel Carl Nell, who went on the record to say this about Rush after his interview with Ross Coulthard. So if you haven't heard this, here's what, again, retired Army Colonel uh, Carl Nell had to say about Rush. He said, his assertion concerning the existence of a terrestrial arms race occurring over the past 80 years focused on reverse engineering technologies of unknown origin is fundamentally correct, as is the indisputable realization that at least some of these technologies of unknown origin derive from non-human intelligence. Boom. That's from a retired army colonel who had that to say to back Rush after he came out in his interview with Ross Coldhart. So these things, they add up over the decades, and eventually you would think that it's going to hit a boiling point. And it's felt like we are reaching that boiling point, but you have these people behind the scenes who are basically you know, trying to turn down the temperature or, or put the, the glass top on top of the pot there to keep the steam from boiling over onto the stove. That's what they're trying to do, but eventually... I think it's going to end up boiling over. At least that's the way that it has seemed. But the efforts have to be kept up. And this this episode is really more, and this discussion is more than just about David Grush, quite frankly. And I mean, yeah, I wanted to highlight him because he is the most high-profile witness probably of our lifetime, someone who has gone on the record about these things under oath in front of Congress. But I almost feel like he almost represents people like you and me at this point, too, and many others. The story of David Grush has almost become like a parable of sorts in my eyes. When you just relate to the many people like him throughout time who have been ridiculed and scrutinized for bringing these conversations to the forefront. And that's why I really wanted to highlight today. Yes, the, you know, the episode asks the question, what happened to David Grush? And it focuses on him and the many other issues surrounding the stonewalling efforts. But this is also really intended to be a nod to 
to you and me and all those who have been working to get the word out there for so many years. All these bad actors behind the scenes who are going to continue to do what they have been doing now for about 80 years. They're going to continue to do it. They will continue to hoard and hide their secrets from the public. So really it is up to us to continue to stand up and ask the questions and to keep these conversations in the forefront. Because if we give up and just let them make us feel like we have to go back and hide in the shadows for fear of being shamed, then they will win. And the truth that we all crave will never come out. It will never see the light of day. So we have to continue to stand up and ask the questions and bring about these conversations and try to bring light onto this topic. We have to, because if we don't, things are just never going to change. But all that said, that will do it for today. Sorry to get so heavy there. But episode 74 of the traditional UAP is in the works, by the way. But in the meantime, I'll have a second episode coming out this week on Friday, September 1st. Yes, a two-for-one here this week. And I'm going to be speaking with uh, Paige Fox and Derek Garcia. Now, you might remember Paige. I spoke to her a few months back uh, before the Disclosure Project in Washington, D.C. back on uh, June 12th. And uh, so I'm looking forward to speaking to them again. They're the attorneys who have been working behind the scenes to talk about, you know, people doing behind the scenes work. These are two of the good ones who are doing work behind the scenes to bring about disclosure and to highlight this discussion uh, to, to bring it to the forefront. So I really can't wait to speak with them. They're doing some great work that I'm excited for you guys uh, to hear about. And so looking forward to catching up with them for sure this week. So in the meantime, be sure to uh, continue to download and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can even catch up on past episodes that you may have never heard before. They're all there. Uh, or you can also uh, follow the show on Twitter if you aren't already. It's at UAPodcast850 on Twitter slash X. Or you can send me an email if you don't like to do social media and you want to reach out. If it's easier for you, you can send an email to sdeaneruap at gmail.com. That's S-D-I-E-N-E-R UAP at gmail.com. So all that said, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to speaking with you again soon on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Be very soon, but in the in the works here, in the planning stages. So I look forward to all of it as it comes up. It's Stephen Diener here. Be well and thank you very much. 